What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, December 19th, 2013. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I know I'm doing this a couple of days late, but um, it's going to be a quick turnaround now. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this one uh, today, obviously, which is Thursday, but then I'm going to do a Sunday night or a Monday right before Christmas. So it, it'll be a quick turnaround. And um, yeah, I had to do this one late because of it's just scheduling stuff and timing and uh, Jason Lawhead, uh, who was who was uh, here for a week, you know, at the house, um, just running around, just nuttiness, going to get into all that stuff. But I hope everybody had a good, uh, you know, week, week in between shows, got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, uh, obviously the weather played a huge factor, um, not just in, you know, not just in the Northeast, but actually all over the country, uh, got hammered with snow, and now right when you thought the first storm was over, the second one comes in, and, uh, you know, especially for me living up in the country, I mean, the plows did a good job, because, you know, you have to, where we are, you know, mountains and hills and all kinds of stuff, but holy man, it was a shit show for a while, just cars sliding into banks, going all over the place, um, unbelievable, and, you know, I'm not one of those people to really talk about weather or be like, oh, you know, I usually am one of those that are like, yeah, it's snowing, you grab a fucking shovel, you go outside, you shovel, you do what you have to do outside, then you go inside, and that's it, I mean, I'm not, you know, but this time it was just like, just a, just double hit of it was really like, man, you know, um, so that was the thing, but yeah, no, uh, first I want to, uh, just talk about Lawhead being here, you guys might have heard Lawhead on the show a couple of times, but Lawhead was back, Jason Lawhead, um, great friend of mine, um, great comedian from, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, lives in, um, LA now, he was in town, he did the Artie show, couple of times you could check out clips of that and he was opening for Sebastian Maniscalco at Gotham and of course when he comes into town he hangs with me stays up here at the house you know it's great with my kids great with my family but man we had such a great time and uh, shout out to Jason Lawhead for um you know I mean just a, a dear friend of the family funny as hell one of the truly one of the funny like I'm not even joking around like he's one of the guys like I'm not even talking on stage you know, and he's hilarious on stage, but off stage, one of these guys that like, we just cry like giddy schoolboys. It's just, I mean, the shit, I mean, we were just hanging out, we're watching comedies and stuff, uh, obviously having a lot of late nights. The nights we were having were so late that I, last night, yesterday I drove him to the airport and I went to bed at 8.30 at night and I slept through. So yeah, I have some pep in my step today. I got about, you know, yeah, about almost twelve hours of sleep. I'm I'm good to go, uh, but we just had a we just had an absolute blast, and you know performed together ever at the stand, and just you know, just doing what friends do, man. We actually invited him to stay for Christmas, but he he had um, I think he was going out to like San Diego or doing something. I don't know, and you know, but it, it was just a great time. So again, uh, shout out to Jason Lloyd. And by the way, check out his clips on um, check out his clips on the Artie Show. He does a Reggie Jackson impression, and not a voice, but all the mannerisms and everything that Reggie does coming to the plate. I think it's in the 78, in the 77, in the World Series, and like this, even his swings and misses and home run swings. So fucking funny that, uh, you know, he did it on the Artie show, and then they had him come in. They liked him so much in the, in the five minutes that they saw him on, on Friday that they invited him in on Monday. So check that out. And, um, yeah, and we were hanging out in the snow. Uh, one thing the snow really screwed up for me, and this is another reason why I'm talking weather, which I never do, but what I wanted to do and we had plans to do was both of us didn't have shows on Tuesday. So what we were going to do was I was going to have the first annual and we were going to do this every year around Christmas time, but obviously the weather can play a factor because it ruined the first one. But we we're going to do the first annual, um, you know, poker game up at the the, the Verzi poker game. The first annual we were going to do, and we were going to have like six guys come up, um, 
and we were going to have food and we were going to have booze and we were going to have the whole thing that, you know, the kids were going to my mom's, you know, uh, we didn't have to worry about getting on stage that night. It was just going to be an absolute shit show. We were going to, you know, just close friends sitting there, maybe, I don't know, fifty hundred dollar buy-in. You could buy in again if you want. So, you know, a little bit of money, whatever you make, five, six hundred bucks, whatever, you know, nothing nothing crazy, maybe even, you know, even it would, even if it was going to be a light game, we were going to do that, which I was really looking forward to doing, really looking forward to it, and uh, Lawhead was being a little arrogant, saying that, like, and he was almost serious, where he was like, yeah, I just really hope we could play this game so I could, like, you know, take care of my flight, he was talking as a matter of factly that he was just going to win and take everybody's money, uh, which was just so funny, but, so, we waited and waited and we waited till like 5.30 and it just kept snowing and then we shoveled the driveway and like while we were shoveling the driveway, just more snow came, accumulate and it just got to the point where it was like, look, people are sliding into banks and, you know, the, the salt trucks are going up, the, the plows are going, I mean, you got it, we just had to call the game and say, look, we got to do it another time, which sucks because Law had to leave, I would have loved to play, especially take his money because of the shit he was talking, but it didn't work out. So maybe we're going to combine like the ugly sweater party that people have in the holidays to the poker and then have the first annual ugly sweater versi poker tournament here at the house. That's what I think we're going to try to do. But um, yeah, that sucks that the weather screwed that up. Um, you know, but here's one cool thing that happened. And this is an opportunity here that you only get when you live up in the suburbs or in the country. Um, with a big driveway and a lot of land. I'm out in my driveway and I'm shoveling. And I'm, you know, just out there and my son is, you know, shoveling with me and we're having a good time. And my neighbor, my neighbor to the left of me, if you're looking at the house straight on, my neighbor to the left of me is his family. We don't really meet him yet. You know, like, kind of just like one time the wife's super nice. Like, hey, you know, yeah, we're meaning to come over, but just so much going on with all this snow and stuff. So, but everybody's been really nice since we've been up here. And my neighbor sees me and he goes, hold on a second. I'm going to come over with the quad. And I'm like, what? I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And his wife is like, yeah, it'll be one, two, three. Don't worry about it. This dude comes over with a Yamaha, camouflage Yamaha quad with a plow attached to the front of it. And he's just like, yeah, you want to move the car? And this guy just goes up and down. I have a really long driveway. And this guy goes up and down my driveway and just cleans out my driveway with this plow. And I mean, I'm like, my wife's like, we got to give him something. I'm like, yeah, I know. So I go up to him. I was like, hey, man, what could I, you know, what, what, what do I owe you? What could I give you for this? And he's like, what are you kidding me? Nothing. That's ridiculous. What are you kidding me? This is fun. And he was just a grown man, like a big kid, happy to be on it. And it looked so awesome. And I just looked at my wife and I go, we're getting that. We're getting one of those. I mean, I'm getting a quad with a plow on it. Are you kidding? It was unreal. How, oh my God, it was so cool. And that's a benefit of living up here, you know, and I have to do it. Does any, do any of you guys have a quad with a plow on it or know somebody that does? It was awesome. And I got to be honest, I love the snow. I really do. I love the snow. I love bad weather. You know, so many people are here going like, oh man, can't do this anymore. I just, I just can't do this anymore, man. I got to go to Florida. I got to go down South. I got to go to LA. I needed 70 every day. Like what, what fun is that in life to just, I mean, do that later, I guess. Just fucking enjoy it. It's it's three or four months. Okay, I get it. Sometimes it could be dangerous, but then you stay inside. You know? It's the one thing that jobs can't get mad at you and fire you over. And if they do, you're at the wrong job anyway. Let me tell you something. If you call your boss and you're like, hey, I can't come in. My car is sliding all over the place. Cars in my neighborhood are sliding off into snow banks. And I'm just, I'm staying in and I'm working from home where I got to take a day. And they have a problem with it. Fuck them. So it's not that. So these people that act like it's a, you know, oh, I can't take it. I can't take the cold. Like, you're not, put the heat on. Can you up the heat a little bit for a month or two? Is that going to break you? You know, I just don't, that's, that's the thing. And then, and the other people I don't understand is the people that have been here 70 years. You ever talk to these older people? And they're like, I just can't take the winter. So like, you've been here 70 fucking years. No, what changed? Nothing changed. 
Are you forgetting that quick, right when the months start to get warmer? Are you forgetting and you're just going, man, you know, the snow, it's every year. You probably got 20 years left of your life if you're lucky. Just fucking make a move already. Either make a move or stop complaining about it. Yes, holy shit, believe it or not. From December to February, it snows. Fuck it, just know that. And it's the silliest shit in the world. It's like, haven't you, how many, how many times does this have to repeat for you to understand that it gets cold and it snows, you complain, you say you hate it, you want to go down south, then it gets warm again, you don't complain, that happens again, you complain again. Fucking move already then. I, I love it. I love it. I love, pl- I love, I love, well, I don't plow, but I love seeing the plows out. I love sitting home. Watching movies with my family in a big snowstorm, going out in the yard, throwing some snow around. I mean, yeah, sometimes it sucks when you need somewhere to go or if your poker game gets canceled. I get that. I understand that. Yeah, it sucks sometimes. You can't do things you wanted to do. You make plans on a weekend to go to a party. You can't go to a party. This shit like that. Yes, I do get it. But that's not enough. That doesn't happen enough for me to go fucking, I'm moving down south or I'm moving to California. I just, you know, I love bad weather. I always have. I love the rainy stuff. You know, I have family members like that. Maybe it runs in a family. That, that's that's how I am. So, I love it. The more the merrier. I mean, look, the two days in a row kind of screwed my game up. What are you going to do? Got to sit in the house. We watched four comedies back to back. We just kept watching comedy after comedy, just chilling out in the house, hanging with my kids. It, it could be worse. So, you know, I I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind a bad winter as long as obviously you know people are safe and all that stuff. And I worry about people that, you know, my wife driving to work and shit. Of course, but. This whole idea, like, what is this every, I can't take this every, it's, uh, yes, every December, nothing's changed. That's how it works. Uh, (laughs) But the road, yeah, and some of the roads were bad. Like, I went out to go get some wood and some salt, and it was definitely, you know, the roads weren't weren't great. But, you know, I mean, I, I went out knowing that. I didn't have this, like, it's not like this magical white powder that fucks things up for, for the first time in my life that I saw it. No, I'm, I'm you know, I get it. Uh, now, speaking of that, I'm getting right into, I'm going to get right into Unacceptable for the Week. All right, and Unacceptable for the Week is people crossing, the, you know, the crosswalk or crossing a street while looking at their cell phone, okay, because I was in a parking lot during the snow trying to get something, and I'm walking, and you can't exactly see what's snow on the ground, exactly where the crosswalk is, you want to make sure you're going slow in a parking lot to not hit anybody, and people were walking out in front of cars, head down, wool hat on their head, hood over the wool hat, looking at their cell phone unacceptable and if my car slides into your knees and cracks your MCL you fucking deserved it okay you shouldn't be looking at your phone crossing the street anywhere but especially a busy parking lot when it's bad out and people are going to get supplies people are going to get food and wood and shit and there's a ton of people and you're just are you that into your phone like, can, can that call or text or, or words with friends, which is another thing that, I mean, which is another thing that I got to get into. Okay, grow up, people. Grow the fuck up. All right, can you have a little more going on in your personal life than playing, than having fucking 18 words with friends games going on at the same time? Get, grow up. Go home and watch a YouTube clip and fucking take a nap. That'd be more productive than sitting there playing with fucking Ted from work because you think it matters. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Stop with the words with friends. But anyway, these people are looking at their phones in a parking lot, okay? You know, ready to get fucking just drilled by a little snowplow because they can't put the phone down for one second. You're 10 feet away. How about this? Walk into the walk into the supermarket, find a little corner so you could finish your game of friends, words with friends, or you could just finish your stupid text, or you could do whatever. Do not look down at your phone while in the street. 
that has busy that, that is just busy with cars and trucks and, and and plows and shit going by when you know I mean it's just the most self that's how selfish and stupid people are that they can't wait two fucking seconds how long does it take to cross a street think about it even if you were slow even if you're a 70 year old woman with a limp that'd be like 19 seconds for somebody who's in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and health, and, and their legs and hips are okay, it should take fucking six Mississippis, six Mississippis to cross the street. Here, we'll count it right now. Ready? You start, oh, here, you're at the curb, you're going to start to cross the street. You ready? Starting right now. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, Six. I'm there at three and a half. I'm there at three and a half or four. That's how long you can't wait because you're looking at your you're looking down at your phone. And the 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 worst part about this whole thing is, okay, which is completely unfair and nuts about this whole entire thing is, if I slide and hit you, if my you know brakes lock up and my wheels just slide and hydroplane and I hit you. Because you should have been crossed, but instead you're looking at your phone. I'm wrong, and I could go to jail. I could, all kinds of shit because you needed to fucking say some stupid thing to somebody on the phone or look down, and you couldn't wait six Mississippis. Unacceptable. And this happened. I'm not even kidding. I was going to a stop and shop over in Connecticut during the storm, and and this this guy is walking across a thing. Looking at his phone, he's got a hood on, so he probably couldn't see it. And he's looking for, and I'm in the car with Lawhead, and we're looking, going, "Are you fucking serious?" And he looked up at us, knowing, "Oh man, I'm an asshole." And yes, you are an asshole. Don't do that. Unacceptable. Looking down at your phone while crossing a street. Grow up. And I started. I did that words with friends thing for like. I thought it was cool when I played against like one or two friends. I play against one or two friends. Oh, this is cool. It's a little addictive. It's fun. Then all of a sudden, like 16 people tried to play it once. Like, I don't even, I'm, I'm losing count of words. You know, I'm like, I just, I was like, I'm done. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Like, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and I'm, I'm it's, it's ridiculous. Look yourself in the mirror if you're playing words with friends more than twice a day. Look yourself in the mirror. Oh, I'm fired up because of that guy walking across the street. There's no reason to do that. It's just silly. Almost hit a bicycle in New York City, everybody. Yep. Bicycle. They are riding bikes. I repeat, they are riding bikes in the storm. These Citibank fucking bikes that are going around the city. These these delivery guys trying to make a buck. And I can't knock them for that. But they're, these bikes are heavy in the city with ice and with snow next to cars. And you know what? The cars are always at fault. And I don't take public transportation. I drive. I don't take public transportation because I'm not an animal. <laughs> I said that on stage and I thought people were going to be mad. They actually laughed. I don't take public transportation just because I drive in. I don't, I don't want to go on somebody else's schedule, especially with me living in, you know, living in the suburbs outside of the city. I don't want to, you know, have to, oh, well, you know, I got to go to Grand Central. I got to wait 45 minutes. Then if the thing gets delayed, then I got to get to the, then I got to get to the train station, get my car. What if my car is snowed in at the train station because an asshole plow did it? Then I got, you know, then I'm stuck. Then I got to call my wife or call somebody. I I don't, I don't want to do that. I take my truck. I leave. I go to the city. I do my shows. I get in the car and I come home. But if I hit one of these Citibank cars and I throw them into a fucking Jeep Wrangler, it's my fault. Okay, because a bicycle has the right of way and is allowed to ride in slush and sleet and snow in New York City on two little tires. And if a gigantic machine like a car hits them, they're at fault. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay, what else do we got to talk about? The topic of the day, one of the topics of the day. Don't worry, I'm going to get into some movies and, and I'm going to talk about the, the next podcast with the movies because we'll get into that after. We got some sports to talk about here. And uh, I, I mean, the dumbest thing the Knicks could have done. I don't know if you guys saw that, so we'll get into that. We'll get into the plugs. I mean, I am going to talk about some, some movie stuff um, and and that's it. So anyway... Uh, so here we go. I was talking to somebody. Went to the, went to the uh, New York City comedy clubs. They're obviously having their holiday parties. 
Uh, the stand had theirs, which, you know, that the stand, Stand Up New York, those are two of my home clubs, so I'm definitely going to go to those. Um, was way too tired the next day to go over to the Carolines, uh, the Carolines one, but, um, you know, I was talking to people, having a great time at these parties, you know, all kinds of comedians that perform there, you know, show up, and friends, and, you know, they got, de- you know, drink deals, and they got hors d'oeuvres coming out, all, all kinds of cool stuff, so anyway... We're at the party, and we were talking, and um, wanted to talk today on the show about the difference in being a confident individual or being an arrogant individual. And there is definitely a, a huge difference. I think that a lot of people have the misconception that somebody who is confident is arrogant. And I think that stems from their own insecurity and them not being maybe either, you know, or, or maybe their arrogance is a defense mechanism and an insecurity for their, their lack of confidence. But there are definitely some people that see somebody just confident in, in, you know, in themselves and they look at it like, oh, who does that person, who does he or she think they are? And I wanted to talk about that. And I think everybody listening knows what they are. You know right now if you're just insecure and you're overcompensating for something and you you know maybe you act a little arrogant because you don't have any confidence or you don't have any belief in yourself or you feel like less of of what you should feel like um or you know if you're that confident person who does believe in themselves and you know I guess has you know just has a, a way about you which which has worked for you and, and and you're confident you know um we were talking about it with comedians and and how comedians are and how comedians take the stage and i feel like like for me personally i'm extremely confident but at the same time i mean i i can still have some doubts or you know obviously be vulnerable I mean one thing I'm trying to do on stage is be as as vulnerable and as honest as possible and sometimes that can make you feel a little like wow man I hope you know but but I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm experienced enough and I'm at the point in my career now where I don't mind if somebody doesn't understand or like what I'm saying on stage and 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 even even if the majority of the room doesn't or if something is bombing or not going well but I'm feeling good about it, I, I don't really care if you want to leave and be mad that's fine I used to worry about that and that would be something that would upset me now it doesn't but I'm confident because I'm confident in, in myself because you know I, I just that's just that's who I am I guess you know but I think some people can take that as arrogance and you know I never really what would ever really like I mean I'll tell my friends or like comedian friends we'll call each other and go how'd you do that and, oh I bombed oh I killed man I murdered that shit it was great that's just us being real there's no really like arrogance in that but some people who don't have that confidence they look at it like that so I guess what I'm trying to say is you know you can get by you can get by with like phony arrogance thinking you're something but when you're deep down inside really not confident in yourself it's just you're just lying to yourself and it's bullshit you know I and I guess that's it because somebody was saying to me oh man you're really confident when you go on stage and it's like well I mean I, how do you not be I guess I don't understand somebody without confidence and maybe that comes from you know uh that that touches on things from their childhood or people that need to go to therapy because they don't they're not confident in themselves they feel less of themselves and one thing that I've noticed about life you know trying to get about to get a little deep here on the TV episode 140 but um no I did not mean for that to rhyme but uh, it's not like a rap song on the TVE 140. Um, no, but what I'm saying is like I've noticed that a lot of people, great people, and this is what's sad about it. A lot of great people self-loathe, don't think anything of themselves. Um, they don't see the great that other people see in them. And I have some really close friends. I I even have some family members, but just really close friends and stuff that like I look at and I can see that they're struggling with it and they don't feel like they're they're worth anything and they, they, they feel like they're not good enough. And like these are great people, people that you want to be like, look, man, I'll tell them too. like, look, you're you're you know, you're you're great. 
you're great at what you do. You're a great you're a great person. You're fun to be around. Like you're awesome. Like your company is great. And like to them, they just say thanks. But then they just go home and they feel like they're nothing. They're a piece of shit. And it's it's insanely sad. And I I I, I never wish that on anybody and like you know there are sometimes I feel like you know like that you know you feel down or you feel whatever but then like at the end of the day I'm like oh man like you know you try, I guess you try to talk yourself out of it I might have mentioned this on the show before but Kobe Bryant who I'm not really a big fan of um you know but as far as like mentally tough and like I mean the guy it does it right and he gets it and he said like that he wasn't um big on like therapy or going to therapy where he kind of likes to be his own therapist and like just sit down alone and talk and like and at first that sounds crazy but I mean I do that and I think that that's a great way to like you have to understand all the negative stuff in your life is there for a reason and doesn't belong there you know and if it does belong there it should be worked out so if you could tell yourself that and plus a lot of it stems from your parents being fucked up or their parents being fucked up because when you go to a therapist, every time you go to a therapist, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I was joking one time saying that therapists are stealing money, but the thing with therapists is if you, if you go to a therapist, what, what are they talking about? They're talking about what, what, what you're, I mean, one of the first questions that they ask is what's your, you know, they get all of their ammo to help you, you know? It's like, uh, I'm not going to say like a psychic, because I guess some psychics don't get all that ammo, and, and then, you know, be easy if they were like, you know, that SNL sketch where Farrell, Will Farrell did, okay, somebody in this vicinity, in this room, somebody knew somebody that died, and like they all raised their hand, that's, that's kind of funny, but what I'm saying is like the therapist, what the therapist does is the therapist, you know, basically says, um, you know, what's your relationship with your mother? What's your relationship with your father? Are you married? You know, are you having financial problems? Are you having help? Like, they basically talk to you about where the root of the stress comes from, and then they break it down from there. And I guess that's what they're trained to do. But if you really think about it, and for you people saying, oh, Verzi, what are you talking about? You're trying to fucking act like a psychiatrist. I'm going to tell you something right now, okay? I've had people tell me when I've talked to them about shit or like we just sit down and bullshit and we'll talk about a problem and like I've had someone say, holy shit, dude, my therapist told me the exact same thing. Now, I'm not saying I'm a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Uh, But what I'm saying is I've been through a lot of fucked up shit from a really young age, you know. um, My parents got divorced when I was five years old and uh, it was ugly, it was awful. And uh, luckily, I didn't get to see her, you know, like I said before, my older brother saw more of it and had to go through that. But, you know, you go through stuff, you see things. Yeah, you talk to people, you go to therapists. I mean, I'm, I moved all the time and shit. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, maybe going through that stuff and some people didn't. So maybe it's easier for me to understand how to kind of talk yourself down or, you know, talk yourself into understanding who you are better or what you are, stuff like that. Maybe, I don't know. You know, maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe I just been through it so much that I'm just like, ah, whatever, you know, but, and then somebody who's never really had anything really bad or, and then all of a sudden later they hit some stress and they feel like, you know, they don't know how to deal with it. But I just feel that if you can, it'll give you confidence to say to yourself, okay, look, this and that happened that's not going to define me, that's not, that's not going to, that, you know, that, that, it happens, it happens to a lot of people, it happens to a lot of families, sometimes worse than others, but you know what I'm going to do, man, I'm just going to keep going, you know, and, and I'm just going to look forward, I'm never going to look backwards and do that shit, and I'm not trying to sound corny or cliche and do some self-help bullshit here on the show, I'm just saying that, um, you know, that whole Kobe Bryant thing, like I sit and I'm like my own therapist, I break stuff down in my mind and figure out why, I agree with that, I think that that's what, I think that that's what being mentally stronger and mentally healthy is, and I know some people do need help, but I don't need you to tell me, oh, well, this and that happened when you were young, so this is why, like, I, I get that first, so I don't know if that means I'm a step ahead, but, and I don't know if this means that all the shit that I went through younger has just made, you know, m- me and my career, you know, confident. And when I talk about confidence, I mean in everyday life, in your career, when you leave the house, when you go out, 
you know. Now, being an arrogant asshole is different. Being an arrogant person is just like, oh, I'm the shit. Fuck you, you dummies. You don't know shit. I'm the best. You know, the, I, I'm, you know, like that. That's just, that's just, and people like that, I almost feel sad and, and bad for because they, they're clearly like, they clearly can't self help themselves. They're clearly just, you know, um, beaten up and weak. That's the craziest thing, and that's the balance of life in this world and, and in this lifetime. That, that, that's the balance of life. Is that somebody that you see who's insanely arrogant and rude to other people and acts like they're the best? In reality, you should feel so, sorry for that person, and it's really sad because that person is a scared little boy or girl inside, but they just don't know how to deal with it, so they put this other thing on. And that's totally different than confidence. That's not a confidence person. That's false arrogance because they 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 ain't they know that they don't have they don't have it. They they they're done. You know, they should be sitting at home in a fetal position sucking their thumb crying in a fucking diaper. That's what they should be doing. So that, I mean that's the thing. You got to really, you know, I guess the older you get, you have children, you could look around the world, you could look around society, you could look around where you are, your community, or, or, or whatever you're doing, even amongst your, your peers and people, and you could just look at them and be like, oh, that person's got that going on. That person, look, look, why would that person say that? Think about it. What, what benefit does that person get for saying, oh, that's why? It has to be a lack of this, or it has to be because of that. And I know probably deep down inside, and I'm sure I'm sure that you know this happens, that you know, and I'll, I'll never know it. But I, I just know, I'm sure that um, there are comedians out there that see me go on stage or see me perform, and you know, if I'm confident or do well, they'll if they don't have that confidence or they don't have that, you know, whatever, whatever they're seeing me do that they don't do, you know, um. They'll say something bad. Yeah, but he 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 went that route. Or, oh, he did that, and and that's fine. I mean, that's just human nature. That happens, but that's a lack of something they're they're doing. And I'm guilty of that. I think everybody's guilty of that. I've done that. I've seen something that that's been, you know. But see, with me, I don't really do it in a malicious way. I'm just so fucking competitive that I want to achieve that. So if my peer achieves something. And I'm just being 100% honest. If my peer achieves something, my competitive nature is like, oh, man, yeah, like I, they're, they're doing that. And I would love to do that. So, you know, like I, I think about how I can do that or what avenue I need to go down or what part of my game lacks. What part of my game lacks that is not allowing me to do that? See, that's where I go. And maybe... That that dickhead little, you know, cunty asshole thing inside people that get, you know, want something, you know, maybe you'll go, oh, well, they're doing this and that that's not really me. No, I mean, it's really not about that. It's really just understanding that, hey, this person is doing something that you may lack and you need to fix that. The same way when I do something that that person lacks, they need to do that. And eventually we're all going to get to the same place. Some things just need to equal out. On, on different sides, you know, for example, a comedian's presence and presentation and live performance skills can be really up high, but the content of the material could be a little lower. So the whole pro the whole key is to try to to try to equal that out, to try to get that material and and the substance up there with the and then that's what turns you great. And then there's vice versa. Then there's some people who have unbelievable material, so smart, so good, the substance is there. But they just stand there. They don't. They don't really have any personality to them. They don't really have any presence. You don't want to. You don't get moved by them. You just appreciate their cleverness. That needs to equal out. So you know, I mean, going back to the whole confidence and arrogance thing, I think there's a fine line there. But I, I just think that you know, people need to find out what's wrong with them for them. They need to think it. instead of having somebody else tell you it. Like really think and wonder why. And I guess some people don't know. But I actually think deep down inside there are some people that do know and they just need to be told by somebody else. If that makes any kind of sense. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but you guys do. <laughs> you know, I just get confident. I'm, I'm, I'm confident, but I'm not arrogant. And I, I just we're discussing that. And I want to know like what people think about themselves. 
And I hope this can help anybody. I really do. I've been getting messages about my podcast that, that have made people say, hey, man, you know, that's the point of this shit. I'm, I'm trying to talk about stuff that's real and, and honest, you know. But it's, it's funny to be hated on. It's funny to be hated on. And not, not that I've been, but I'm just saying it, it, it's just funny and ironic that it does take place that somebody will be hated on because they're confident and they're happy with who they are. But I cannot stand the other, uh, the flip side to that. I can't stand somebody who deep down is insecure and everything, but they just put on this, they just put on this like, this fake ass front and, and, and what they're not. And I would love to call people out on it. Obviously, I don't do that on the show. That's not what I'm trying to do. So are you confident? Are you arrogant? Are you a scared little boy? Huh? Are you a scared little boy and girl who just acts like this and then goes home and sits down and... You take your imaginary costume off and you just cry and you weep and then you wake up in the morning and you put that imaginary dickhead costume on and you go out and you treat everybody like shit because you hate yourself. Fix it. But there's nothing wrong with confidence and don't let anybody tell you that your confidence is, is upsetting them. And if, some, if you're confident in yourself and it's bothering somebody, you tell them to go look in the mirror and go talk to somebody. I probably could have just said that instead of going through the whole fucking therapy thing and the whole, you know. But that's not what I do on the Verzi Effect. You guys know. I delve deep. And I talk about things I clearly know nothing about. I'm not even close to having a doctorate in anything. I'll tell you what I got my doctorate in. In fucking podcasting, bitch. That's what I got it in. TVE 140. Okay, that's what I know. I know putting out a good fucking podcast. And you know it too. That's why you're still here listening. Huh? Now, is that arrogance or confidence? Probably a mixture of both. But with a proven product, you know that, you know, you can be a little arrogant. You can be a little arrogant. I mean, Michael Jordan on the basketball court, when he got to a level which his confidence... See, this is what happened with Michael Jordan. His confidence got him to a level where he could be arrogant. And he was able to back the whole thing up. But then you just become either a dickhead or you're cool with it. I feel like me, like using my career or my comedy is is if I, I'm confident in what I'm doing, know that I need to get better and keep digging deeper and get better. But my confidence, confidence hopefully get me to a place and when I get there, um, I'm going to be a gigantic asshole. <laughs> no, absolutely not. The opposite. You know, the, I'm the type of person, the better I get at something, the more humble. Except, you know, to my... You know, to, when you talk with your peers, you could come. I was talking to a comedian about that, and it was like, man, we, when we talk sometimes, but yo, I killed. And you always got to preface it by being like, I don't mean to be arrogant, <laughs> but I, I tore that bitch down. So what are you? Are you confident or are you arrogant? That's that's the main point of today's show. That's the Dr. Phil message of the of this thing. I think, and this is the sad thing, I think the majority of people are um I think a lot of people are sad and down and instead of dealing with it and turning sadness and being down into happiness they just put on a fake front and I think that that's a sad thing to say and I hope I'm wrong about that but I've come across too many great people and nice people that are that just don't have any self-worth and feel like shit to just be like, man, if that guy's feeling like that, man, that sucks. But enough of the depressing stuff. I've been thinking about depressing shit lately. You know, you just think about how everybody's going to die. Everybody. Everybody you love, everybody you come up they're all going to fucking die. It's really kind of shitty if you think about it. Um. All right, let's try to... <laughs> Let's try to move forward from that. It's, it's a hard transition. Yeah, you know what? Most people are just, you know, sad, miserable. They put on a fake front. You know, there's fake confidence there. They're all arrogant. We're all going to die. So anyway, moving forward with the, <laughs> with the show. Uh, let's get into some movies, everybody. I am doing a short turnaround with the podcast, okay? So this has kind of like been the... After the snowfall type shit, I'm going to do that. But I'm coming right back on Sunday night or Monday, right before Christmas. And I would have seen 
Um, definitely one movie, maybe two. Going to see Anchorman 2 tonight or tomorrow. I'm probably going to see another movie too. So I want to have two movies to review next uh, next podcast. But um, when Lawhead was here, we watched... Listen to this list of comedies we watched. And you tell me one of them is not good. Because... And maybe some of you don't like them. And then I want to talk about something else with movies. But um, the movies we saw, we watched Old School, which I never liked as much as other people did. I always thought it was funny and good. Some people treat Old School like it's... I liked it. Very funny. Didn't love it as much. But the last time I watched it, I liked it even more. But I'd say Old School is what we... um, In the time Lawhead was here, we watched, like I think, six movies. We watched Old School. We watched Naked Gun, the first one. We watched Christmas Vacation. We watched MacGruber. MacGruber is I I don't under, that MacGruber is so funny that I don't even understand how MacGruber didn't blow up bigger than what it is. And I I get that like maybe because like Will Forte didn't have that like huge gigantic character on Saturday Night Live or maybe MacGruber was so silly to some people because there are movies that are so silly and and just ridiculous that people think that oh this is just stupid but if you oh my god MacGruber um somebody that I know was at the table read of MacGruber before the movie came out just when the script came out and said it was and this is somebody that's been in Hollywood doing movies for a long time and they said that it's it was one of the funniest it was the funniest table read they'd ever been a part of like they were just cracking up and crying because it was that ridiculous. But I thought it actually translated to screen. I was crying in MacGruber. If you didn't see MacGruber, let me know. Let me know if you think that it's stupid or if you think it, you know if you liked it or it is funny. But I just feel that um, MacGruber was was just some of the just some of the lines. Like if you remember that line where he's like, "I'm sorry, I just took an upper decker." And she goes, and they're at this party, and she looks real pretty and stuff. And he goes, oh, I just took an upper decker. And she goes, what's an upper decker? And he goes, it's when you take a dump in the tank and not the bowl. You look great. <laughs> like, he just goes from saying that right to, oh, my God, I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. So we watched um, yeah, Old School, Naked Gun, Christmas Vacation, MacGruber, um, Airplane, the original Airplane, and oh, one more. What was it? shit, I don't know, but we just sat and we watched, we watched these comedies and we were having such a good time and the other thing that I wanted to talk about with movies, speaking of Anchorman, is the first time I saw Anchorman and the first time I saw Dumb and Dumber, which are two of my favorites, I thought they were awful. I was like, this is the dumbest, like people were laughing in the theater and I was annoyed with them laughing. I'm like, what? what is funny about that? This is so fake and over the top. And then I watched it a second time and a third time. And it took me to like the fifth time to go, oh my God, Anchorman is just so genius and funny. And that, was, that movie was, what was that? I don't even know. Was that 04 that movie came out? Oh, I don't know. But um, I realized that over the top stupid movies take a little while. And it was the same thing with, although I'm not going to lie, MacGruber, I was... There were parts of MacGruber where I was in the theater and I was crying. I was punching my brothers next to me. I had one brother to the left and one to the right. And I'm punching them and I'm kicking. I, I mean, I was a spectacle in the theater. Especially during the sex scene. I don't want to ruin it, but it's been so old now. If you don't know it, whatever, you're probably not going to. But there's a scene where he, he, he has sex. <laughs> he has sex with the love interest in the movie and then leaves... Because he's upset that he had sex with another woman after his wife died. And he goes to his his ex-wife's grave site. And her ghost appears. And then he, he fuck has sex with the, the ghost of his ex-wife. I mean, it was just... It was so ridiculous and funny. Um, I was crying. But I think that certain movies you need to see more than once. You need to take it in. And a perfect example about what I'm saying is... I watched Christmas Vacation for what the 127th time yesterday and I noticed something that Chevy Chase said 
to uh, Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid, that I didn't notice the first 126 times I saw the movie. So that's what's great about those movies. Um, even in um, even in Airplane, you always miss something because there was a joke every 15 seconds. So I'm going to go and see Anchorman 2 tonight or tomorrow, and then I will give a review of it. And I also, um, there, I'm, I'm actually going to try to see two. I really am. And I mean, the nice thing about missing all of these movies, which I've missed recently, uh, out of the furnace, I missed, I missed home front. I think I missed, um, I missed the second Thor, which I wanted to see, which is probably not good, but, uh, I'll see them on DVD right from the comfort of my own home and not be able to, you know, not have to go out and spend all that money. Uh, I did hear something about Anchorman that wasn't promising. Um, somebody that loved Anchorman once said that too wasn't good. And from the coming attractions, I got to be honest, it can't, you can't go by coming attractions, but coming attractions have me a little scared, but we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. I, um, I'm i a little biased because meeting uh, Paul Rudd and David Koechner at a gig in Atlanta and talking to those guys, I'm pulling for them so hard. Those guys are so cool, man. So cool, so nice. Just, you know, you hope they nailed it. And I'm sure I'm sure it's Here's my prediction for Anchorman 2. I think Anchorman 2 is going to be like funny and good, but I just think living up to living up to that first one is going to be so hard. Plus, you got to understand the 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 shock of the Ron Burgundy character is already embedded in your brain and it's already been done. So now they have to now you have to see that same character which you know and hopefully he can maintain it. So they're really it's a really uphill battle from the beginning. And I'm sure the people that put it together know that. You know, the thing about Ron Burgundy is nobody even knew about the character, who Ron Burgundy was, what he was going to do, and then he just does these over-the-top ridiculous things that are so funny. Now you know that in the character. What's he going to do now, and is it going to even be close to that? That's the problem. That's the problem with the movie. So they're going to have to, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's, my prediction is it's going to be a 7 or an 8. You know, we'll see what happens. Please do not message me or tweet me or be a dick saying, you know, Oh no, it sucked or oh it was great. Just don't. I just I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna try to hopefully not hear anything today and see it today. And I'll review it on the next one. And what I wanna do is I wanna have a day. I was thinking about doing this for the show. I think this will be really cool, especially for the people that love you know, that listen to the podcast and, and love the movie part. Although I don't go see the movie I, I go, you know, I'm always saying, Oh, I didn't see one again. But people that love movies, which who doesn't? by the way, but I want to do a thing where, like, me and a buddy go into a movie theater, like, on a rainy day, where, like, if I don't have the wife and kids, if the wife and kids, like, are going to do something, and I'm just, you know, and I'm, I'm, I have the day alone, just go into a movie theater and just go movie hopping from, like, noon to 10 o'clock at night, go see, like, five of them, just all day long, and then just come home and do a podcast of all of them that day, I'd love to do that. Just dedicated day, like no unacceptable for the week, no nothing, not even on a scheduled show. Just whatever day I decide to do it, just, you know, take the mic out and bust out a podcast of the movies. I, I want to do that. I used to do that when I was little, man. That was the best. That was the best. Me and my brother, back in the day, we would go into a movie and we would movie hop and see two or three of them back to back. And it was just the coolest thing to... And some of the workers at the theater would even see you do it. But they were like, look, these young little dudes want to just go see another movie. Like, they're not going to be dicks. Yeah, but think about how much of a dick you got to be if you're swipe, you know, if you're sweeping cop, you know, popcorn into a tray and you see a little kid, like, jump into a movie and you actually ran up and you had, like, a 10-year-old kid in trouble because he was just being a kid. You know, what a dick. And I'm sure that guy is out there. You know, the same guy that didn't let you cheat on his test. Those people were the worst. Uh, <laughs> so, that's it for movies. Let's go on to sports, everybody. Did you guys see what the New York Knicks did last night? For you people that didn't... Now, I didn't watch because I fell asleep at 8.30 and I slept through the night. But I was watching um, some Facebook status updates from people. 
and uh, some online stuff, and then ESPN. Apparently, the Knicks had game in hand in overtime. They were up two with 13 seconds left, and Tyson Chandler gets a rebound and kicks it out to Bargnani. And instead of holding it and waiting to get fouled and going to make a you know make the foul shot, so he shoots a three. The game is won. The game is over. You're up two. So the only chance the other team has is to immediately foul you. And you make one foul shot, which you're then they're down three, so they need a three-pointer to even tie. And if you make two, the game is over. That's the situation you're in. But instead, this moron gets the rebound with 13 seconds left and shoots it and misses, and Milwaukee gets the ball back and ties the game. And they have to go into an, another overtime. Now, luckily, the Knicks win in two overtimes. I guess it was 107-101. Which makes them nine and seventeen, everybody. But I mean, how? That, I mean, that's bad coaching. That's just bad. I mean, the fact that you guys that they don't know that is so ridiculous. And what what can you say? The state of sports in 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 this in in New York is bad. Yankees didn't make the playoffs. The Giants are done. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're mathematically eliminated. Um, you know, the Knicks are in terrible shape. I mean, I'm not a Nets fan, but the Brooklyn Nets stink. I mean, they're playing a little better, but I mean, it's just, and I, I, I know nothing about hockey, so I can't even get into that. I could literally be saying this about the state of sports in New York and the Rangers could be undefeated 30 and 0 and I wouldn't know. So forgive me if you just care about hockey in New York and you think I'm a moron, but I'm talking about the sports that matter and the sports that people care about. The Jets suck, the Giants suck, the Knicks suck, the Yankees suck, and then the Yankees get rid of their, their best players. Uh, it's it's really bad. And I'm sure the people in Boston are sitting there, um, you know, with a big grin on their face, smiling. It's annoying when they call Boston title town. It really is, but you know something? You can't dispute it. That's what really sucks. You can't dispute it. They are title town. They have a few teams and they fucking keep winning. The Red Sox, guess what, everybody? The Red Sox keep winning championships, okay? With short white guys and huge beards. That's what they're doing. You can't knock that. For the first time in three years, my beard will be shaved today completely. I've always had a little stubble. It's coming off. But, I mean, that's what's going on in Boston. Celtics have this new coach. They they have an upstart team. They're doing well. The Patriots are either going to go. I mean, the Patriots find a way to go to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous. And there's all this money in New York, and there's all this talent in New York, and it's all this shit and nothing. Awful. Got to feel bad for Derrick Rose, man. That's awful. Chicago was going to be a team that was going to go on a run, I think. And that, I mean, it's... Now they're saying LeBron James maybe to Chicago. LeBron James needs to do one of two things. LeBron James needs to go to the Knicks just so I don't lose my sanity with that team never winning. Or go back to Cleveland and win a title there. That's really what I want the guy to do. Just go back to Cleveland and win one. And you know what would be great about that? The people burning his jersey in the street and doing all those things and going to his house and personally threatening him. These fucking idiots who obviously live live in other people's lives. How great would it be if, like, think about if you were the guy who went on TV and burned a LeBron James jersey on TV and then he was hoisting up a title back in Cleveland. Would you be able to celebrate again? And if you were, there would still be that thing... Imagine if you met him. Imagine if they won a title and you bumped into him at the parade. And he's like, oh, man, thanks for the support, dude. You want to take a picture? And in your I mean, not that LeBron James would ever ask some fucking fan to take a picture, but how bad would you feel if, like, you end up, like, hanging out with him? Like, a party would have to be like, dude, you know that thing you saw on ESPN? Like, yeah, that was me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I was beside myself. It was an emotional decision. <laughs> 
that's why I'm afraid to ever like there are things I want to say on here sometimes or about a celebrity but then I'm like well wait a minute you got to be careful. You never know. You never know who pop. I'm telling you, man. You're in comedy clubs. In comedy clubs, all these people show up and you're just like, you don't want to be like, you don't know anything. I'll give you a perfect example. I know somebody that knows and met Sandra Bullock. Um, I know some people that did movies with her and they said that she could not be more of a sweetheart. She was amazing. She was just the coolest, blah, blah, blah. Then I ran into somebody who never met Sandra Bullock and just saw Sandra Bullock's shows and said, she sucked. She's a bitch. She's fucking the worst actress in the world. She's an asshole. And then you find somebody who the opposite and it's like, and that actually worked with her. So here you have somebody that knows her and says she's great and somebody that never met her and saying she sucks. She's an asshole. She's an awful actress. She's this, she's that. There you go. Look at that first circle. Full circle. Confidence, arrogance. Full circle, everybody. Man, it's just amazing how this show comes together. Oh, my God. That was a little arrogant. All right, so that's pretty much it. I mean, what else is going on? The Yankees opening their wallet. I mean, the Yankees are fucking going for it. And the Yankees just opened up the wallet and was like, what's it going to take? Seriously, like there's no limit right now. What is it going to take? I will buy anything. They're just buying shit. They are just, the Yankees are just open, just buying everything. They probably just leave, go home and just like, they just, ah, let's keep it going. I need a Mercedes. Let's just buy them. Like they're just buying themselves. They are just... I mean, this is a spending spree to the likes, which we've never seen. I mean, this, I mean, think about the money the Yankees have put out already. They gave $153 million to Ellsbury. They gave $80 million to McCants. They gave, um, well, they just got Brian Roberts. That guy's like, I mean, they gave him a couple million. They gave, they're, give, they're looking to get this Tanaka guy to talk to him. Is Even to just talk to him and bring him over here is going to be over $20 million. Plus, who knows what that contract's going to be. I mean, they're spending, they're going to spend, by the time this is over, they're going to spend almost half a billion dollars in contracts. I mean, this is, I mean, the heads are rolling if they don't win now. And 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 what and the Royals are trying to compete. Baseball's back backwards. All right, let's go. Um, let's go to some plugs here. I'll get you guys out of here now, and don't worry. About four or five days, we're gonna come back. We're gonna have some movies. We're gonna have some stuff to uh, to review. Things going on. We'll do a little Christmas thing, maybe. Maybe we'll. Um, Depending on the snow, I tried to have a guest on here, but the snow fucked that up too. We'll see about maybe getting a guest for the next one too. But okay, um, so uh, go to the uh, website, www.paulverzi.com. Go to that website, and I will have some January dates coming. Not many because I'm waiting for them to come in now. Uh, so, But whatever I do have on the books or whatever, I will have that out. Uh, also looking to get some road dates and get on the road soon. So I will let you guys know about that as well. Um, but the new dates will be on there this weekend. Um, Saturday, I will be hosting the eight and the 10 o'clock show at the stand in New York. And on new year's Eve, I will be on the stands eight and the 10 o'clock shows. It's going to be a great show. Uh, it's going to be Joe DeRosa, uh, Rachel Feinstein, uh, Judah Friedlander, uh, ju- just an unbelievable uh, Wyatt Sinek, Dan Saint Germain. It's going to be just a great, a great night. They uh, they asked me if I was in town to host them. I am, so it's going to be. I mean, come if if you're in New York City, come down to the stand, uh, eight and ten o'clock. It should be a lot of fun. Bring in the new year, and you know you'll you'll enjoy yourselves. And other dates will will come on uh, on the website. Also, please follow me at Twitter. Uh, at Paul Verzi, that is V-I-R-Z-I. Keep the iTunes updates coming and let me know uh, what you want me to talk about on the thing. Uh, some people mentioned, again, some people did mention who they want me on the show. And again, I just got to get my, I got to be less stationary. I am stationary using the home studio pretty much. And I, 
I'm trying to get this this thing. I forgot the name of the damn microphone, but I don't know. Because comedians get fucking really creative with this shit. You know, running down the city. They got microphones in their pocket. They're doing shit in the car. I mean, I remember putting my laptop on the car. The one I did with Dan Soder. My laptop was in the middle of the car just talking to my... You know, like no sound system. I, I just want to have it, you know... I just want to have it easy for everybody. But uh, please keep those coming. Comments coming. All that stuff. You guys are awesome. Sorry about this one being a couple days late. The uh, next one will be back on time. And, uh, and that's it. So if you see somebody confident, pat them on the back. And if you see an arrogant asshole with false confidence, you know, give them a, I don't know, tell them they suck. They suck. And don't look at your cell phone crossing the street, everybody. Come on. Don't. Stop it. Okay. That's it. Hope everybody enjoyed it. I will talk to you guys soon.